We're in a series called Cha-Ching. Cha-Ching. Everyone likes the, see, I don't like the sound of coins. Uh, uh, we're in the UAE, uh, dollar can do, it's great. But just to let you know, why, why would Pastor Clinton have a bag of coins out over there? You know, it's, it's a bag of gold coins, okay? It's a, go, it's a bag of gold coins. So, listen, the Bible says, I mean, we believe that we're not called to settle for anything less than the best. Okay, as Christians. We don't settle for anything less than the best. And we all like the, we all like the sound of money. What do I mean by that? We all like the sound of the dates at the end of the month. What is today? 27, 20, oh, it's coming today. It's coming. The count was once empty, but now it's gonna be full. I pray in this church, no one's account will ever go empty. Each and every person's account will have more than enough in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we, we, we all like, you know, the thing of money, but we don't like to talk about it in church. And my message today is simply titled, What Shall We Bring? What shall we bring? The Bible says in the book of Malachi, in the book of Malachi chapter three, verses seven to 12, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this, old, even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, that there, will be not, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the wine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. You will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, this is a passage of scripture that a lot of people don't like to go to, especially the part where it says, God says, you have robbed me. How have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? Now, let me tell you, I'm not after your money. The church is not after your money. I know this is a very, very, very sensitive topic for a lot of you to listen to, so let me lighten, let me lighten it up a bit. You want me to lighten it up? Yeah, cool. A church got a new pastor who the music minister or the worship pastor immediately disliked. Hey, listen, let's just set the record straight. Uh, Stan loves me a lot, okay? 
So this is not digging it. Stan loves me a lot. I love Stan a lot. So the church got a new pastor whom the worship pastor immediately disliked. Eventually, their conflict spilled out into the Sunday services. The first week, the pastor preached about commitment and how we should dedicate our lives to serving one another. The music minister, the worship pastor, led the song, I Shall Not Be Moved. <laughs> the following week, the second week, the pastor preached about tithing and how important it was for the congregation to, to, to contribute to the church. The music minister, the worship pastor, led the song, Jesus Paid It All. The third week, the pastor preached about gossiping and how we should all watch what we say about one another. The worship pastor, left, the, the worship pastor led the song, I love to tell the story about gossip. At this point, the pastor caught on, embarrassed over how the worship pastor's feud with him was disrupting their services. He told the congregation the next week that he was thinking about resigning. The worship pastor led the song, Oh, why not tonight? <laughs> and sure enough, the pastor did resign. In his, in his farewell sermon the next week, he told the congregation that as Jesus had called him to the church, Jesus was now calling him away from the church. The worship pastor led the song, What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. But again, to set the record straight, I'm not going anywhere. And my worship pastor loves me, and I love him. But coming back, we have to come back, yeah? Coming back to this passage of Scripture, what I'm, trying to, what, I'm trying to emphasize in, what I'm trying to emphasize on this morning is, are you a good steward? Are you a good steward? God's call to stewardship is to open up. And we're going to see that through this passage of Scripture today. You know, there are many people, as I said, as I said last week, as I said a week before last, sorry, excuse me, there are many people who would say, I don't like to hear about money being, speak, being, 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 being spoken about in church. I don't like the topic of money to be raised up in church. If you don't want to hear or listen about money in church, then you should stop reading your Bible. You should stop reading your Bible because the Bible is filled with stories about finances, possessions, and money. Also, you're not going to be able to talk about Jesus because Jesus talked about money over and over and over and over again in the New Testament. Jesus talked about a woman who had 10 coins and lost one of them. That story was about money. Jesus told about a man who had two sons and one of them came and asked for his inheritance. That story was about money. Then the son who received his inheritance and wasted it in riotous living came back home. And then his older brother complained because his brother had wasted the inheritance. That story was about money. Jesus told about a man who found a treasure in a field and went to buy it so he could own the treasure. That story was about? That story was about? Money. Thank you, children. I mean, our young people are super awesome. Wait, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. That story was about? Money. Awesome. Jesus told about a man who was going away on a journey, gave money to three people, 
three men and told them that when he returned, you wanted to see what profit they had gained. That story was clearly about Any, everyone's heard that song, or most of you? Money, money, money. In a rich man's world. Some people are humming it right now. Let me say this, if you don't want to talk about money in church, you are literally saying that I only want to follow part of the Bible and not the complete word. I only want to follow part of scripture and not the complete word. You are literally saying that I don't want to talk about Jesus. In truth, Jesus talked about money and possessions more than he talked about heaven and hell. Money is important to God, and it, it ought to be important to every child of God. You know, it reminds me of the story from the Gospel of Luke where Jesus was with the disciples at the temple. You know, and he was watching people pass by as they were dropping their money into the vessels. And as they dropped coins in, it made a noise. Some people dropped in lots of money, some people dropped in gifts, but whoever dropped in coins, it made a lot of noise. And Jesus stood over there with his disciples watching. You know, and every time the coins, every time the coins fell in, commentary, the commentary tell us that people turned around to see what people, people turned around to see who gave those coins. Because every time someone threw coins in those vessels, it made a loud sound. And people knew what someone or the other was giving. And then there was this woman who came. And Jesus said, did you see that? Did you see that? There was this woman who came and dropped in an offering into that vessel. And Jesus said, did you see that? And the disciples were like, we've been part of this process for so long. Did we miss out on something? Did we miss out on something? And Jesus said, that woman walking away, she just gave such an amazing offering. She gave a wonderful offering. And the disciples had not seen anything outstanding or anything that surprised them. Jesus said, the woman gave two mites. And in the International Bible Encyclopedia, it states that the two mites is equal to about half cent in today's money. Now, why had such a small gift impressed Jesus so greatly that he was pointing it out to them? We learn the answer from the words of Jesus found in Luke 21, verse 4. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. You know, Jesus not only saw what people were giving, but he knew exactly what they had left after they had given. And many a times, listen, when I'm, when I'm preaching this to you today, I'm in your, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well. Okay, I'm not saying anything that, that I have not learned out of experience or anything that I haven't done. You know, many a times when we receive something good, when we receive a good offering, you know, and, it's, and, 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 and uh, the, 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 the sum of that is good, it's, it's really good enough, it feels so good. We contemplate on, should we give a 10% now or should we keep it for another time? You know, because if I give... Uh, 
uh, 10% from this. I don't know when, when, I don't know when this is going to, when, when am I going to experience this again or when it's going to feel like this. So maybe I'll just, I'll just uh, wait for some more time and I'll collect some more and then I'll give back to God. You know what you're doing? You're actually in debt to God. You're actually in debt. And this is what these people were doing as they were walking and throwing in. Because what they were throwing was just change. And what they had left over was so much more. But this woman who came, it says, she put in all the livelihood that she had. Which means that after she gave, there was nothing left. What am I trying to say? Listen, you might hide it. It's good, okay, to keep it in a, it's good to have safe, a safe in your house if you desire to have one. You might put it inside that safe, put the, 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 the craziest combination or whatever, and you might give from there. At the end of the day, God knows what you have left as well. But it's not about what you've, it's not so much more about what you have left. What's most important is the heart with which you are bringing, the heart with which you are giving. That's what's most important. The poor woman had given all she had. And over here, we learn that Jesus is concerned about our finances. If Jesus is that concerned with what we give and what we have remaining after we give, we are foolish not to care as well. If it's Jesus, tell him I said hi. And so this afternoon, I want to talk to you about this issue of money. And I want to, th I want to share three things from the passage we read from Malachi chapter 3. The first thing that I want to share is the open heart. Everybody say the, op the, everybody say the open heart. Open heart. Open heart. Open heart. You know, let me tell you. The Bible says in chapter 3 verse 6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. The first thing we need to consider from our scripture today, from the passage of scripture that I just read, is the open heart. Notice in this verse, God says, I do not change. Now, you know, we need to understand scripture in its context. Okay, Malachi chapter 3 is talking about God keeping his promise to his people. But God was upset because the people did not keep their promise to giving God and to serving God. Which is why God said, you have robbed me. People say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. God kept his promise to his people, to looking after his people, to providing for the people, to being there for the people, but the people turned away from God and did not keep their promise to serving God and giving towards God. But here it says, I'm the Lord, I do not change. God wanted to bring up, you know, God wanted to bring about his anger on them. He was angry with them, but his anger, they were not consumed because of his love towards them, because of his grace and compassion towards them. That's why he says, I am the Lord, I do not change. 
You may change. You may stop in your track. You may turn away from me. You may stop giving. But I am the Lord. I do not change. If I made a promise with you, that promise is here to stay. That promise is yes and amen. And so the first thing we see is an open heart. The first thing this passage talks about is an open heart. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word used here, which means I do not change. The Hebrew word used here, used here means I do not double up. It simply means that God does not go back on his word. He does what he says he will do. The Lord had kept his promise to his people. But he was telling the people in that day that they promised to follow him, but they were not being true to their word. You know, we clearly see in this passage from Malachi, the failure of giving correctly to God is not an issue of a closed wallet. The failure of giving to God correctly is not an issue of a closed wallet, a closed purse, or a closed checkbook. My friend, the failure of giving to God is not, of, is not any of these three things. The problem of not giving correctly to the Lord is due to a closed heart. You know, the Bible also says in Scripture, as you have desired and you've decided in your heart, you give. The problem, the problem of not giving correctly to the Lord is due to a closed heart. No one will do what he or she should financially do for God unless there's an open heart for him. How does an open heart come about? It comes about through fellowship. It comes about, it comes, it, it comes about through building relationship with God. The more you choose to have constant, the more you choose to have fellowship with God constantly, the more you choose on building your relationship with God, your heart gets full with the things of God. Your heart gets filled with the things of God, with the things of the kingdom, and with the, with the belief that if my God is for me, no one can be against me. As much as you spend time in God's presence, you empty of yourself and you allow room for him to fill you up. The Bible says, out of, out of your heart will flow streams of living water. As much as you take in from God and you fill your heart with the things of God, Wherever you go, you will give it out. And one of the things that comes out of giving from an open heart is generosity. When you spend time in fellowship with God, when you spend time and you, you identify that the most important thing that I need to start my day with, the most important thing that I need to start my day with is talking to God, strengthening my relationship, the more you do that, the more you fill your heart. The more you fill your heart, the more you have an open heart towards the things of God because you, re because you realize and you have a revelation that everything I need in this life comes from the kingdom of God. Everything I desire for this life comes from the kingdom of God. And when you, make it, when you make it a habit daily to have fellowship with God, to understand that whatever I have does not belong to me. I'm not the owner. Everything I have comes from God. 
And if everything I have comes from God, the next step is I need to be a good steward. I have, under, I have identified that my God is for me. I am a child of the living God. I'm a child who will not be forsaken. In my heart, deep down, I know that I'm taken care of. I know that he's my father who provides all things. I know that he blesses me with things. It's not mine, but it's given to me by God. And then I also understand that I'm called to be a good steward because the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So I need to look after what God has given me well. That's what the book of Malachi is talking about, having an open heart. And these people did not have an open heart. The problem of being unfaithful in giving to God is a fellowship problem. You know, I read this story. It was told by this congressman. He took his son to a fast food restaurant and brought his son a hamburger and ordered, uh, ordered some extra french fries. And as his son began to eat, the congressman reached over to get one of the fries and the little boy pushed his father's hand back and said, no daddy, don't eat my fries. My daughter Zoe is not like that. Whenever she gets something, she always says, take, you take, please take. Lana also, yeah, yeah, putting her hand up, I can see. Lana also. But Zoe first. <laughs> oh, my kids are amazing. And this child pushed back his father and said, no, don't touch my fries. The congressman said that incident gave him a pause. He said that his son made five mistakes in pushing his hand away from those fries. First, the boy did not know that his father was the source of those fries. Second, the boy did not realize that his father could bury him in fries if he wanted to. Third, the boy did not realize his father could just take the fries if he wished. Fourth, the boy didn't realize that his father could buy his own fries. And fifth, the boy did not realize that the reason the father reached for a french fry was just to fellowship with his son while he ate. Do you realize that everything you have today comes from God? You know? You know what I'm getting at, right? Sorry, God. Next week, next month. Everything that we have. Listen, listen, I've, I've been in that same boat, boat, okay? I don't know how much debt, I mean, in, in years that I've passed by, where just God said, I don't know how much debt I've been into God. No, no, not this time. Next, next, next. Next time, God. Next time, next time, next time, next time. And then when we don't see God working in our lives, we try to figure out, where's God? Why? Why isn't, why? I'm talking for me personally. Why things haven't been working in my life? Because I robbed God. I stopped my blessing. I closed the door. That when I actually started to explore the whole thing about giving all over again, I've seen what wonders it can do. What wonders it can do what breakthrough it can bring about, what blessing it can bring about. I'm speaking for myself. God does not need my finances to do his work. He owns it all. He can take it all when he desires to do so. By requiring and asking that I have to, by requiring and asking that I give to his work, 
is allowing me to have fellowship with him in all that he's doing. He's allowing me to partner with him in all that he was doing. So the first thing is open heart. Say open heart. The second thing is the open hand. Say open hand. If my heart is open to God, honestly open to God, my hand will be open to God as well. My hand will be open to God as well. I will not be like the congressman's son with the french fries and push God's hand away. My hand will be open for God to have anything he asks of me and to do as he sees fit. The Lord told his people, come back to me with your heart because you have been robbing me. They asked God, how have, we, how, have been, how have we been robbing you? God said in tithes and offerings. You know, someone over here today might say, now wait a minute, pastor, wait a minute. That is an Old Testament law, and we, that, that, that is an Old Testament text, and we aren't living under the law. You are absolutely right. Okay, you are absolutely right. But let me ask you a question. Do you, believe that the people living the, do you believe that the people living under the law of the Old Testament should have been required to give more to God out of a heart of love than those of us living in the New Testament age right now? Look at us. Look at each and every one of us. We are saved through the blood of Jesus. We are redeemed and have been given eternal life. We have the presence of God with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you telling me that you do not want to be relieved? Are you telling me that you want to be relieved of stewardship because you are living in the New Testament age? If anyone ought to give more to God, it is those of us who are living in this wonderful and amazing day of grace. The people in the Old Testament did not have the benefits and the blessings that we have. If anything, if anything, we ought to give more, not less. They did not have Jesus. We know that Jesus is alive. We just sang that a couple of minutes ago. He is a living hope. All that, they had with, all that they had at that point was God instructing them. We have so much more than they had. That is why we ought to give so much more. You know, the tithe is not about the law. The tithe is about being faithful to God in stewardship. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus upheld the, he upheld the tithe. He pointed out to the Pharisees that they should tithe, but that they should add it to a heart of love. They should add it to a heart of love. You know, I want to share something with you that I learned many years ago. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. If you love God properly, you will give to God properly. So what we see is God desires for us to have an open heart, a heart that comes out of fellowship with God, a heart that comes out of relationship with God. And when we are filled with things of the kingdom, when we are filled with, things of, when we're filled with the things of the kingdom, we're filled with the things of God, and we know who we are and who we belong to, from there comes the open hand. From there comes the open hand. When your heart is full, 
It's easy, to, it, it's easy to give towards the things of God. And when you give towards the things of God, what does God say? Test me. Test me. Test me. And what, 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 what does that bring about next? It brings about an open heaven. It brings about an open heaven. The problem is, many people don't want to have an open heart they don't want to have an open hand, but they want an open heaven. But God, being gracious, being a God of love, He will still go ahead and do that. He will still go ahead and do that out of love. That is why in the, word we, in, in, in the verse we saw, He says, you have changed, but I do not change. I do not change. But the right way to understand generosity, the right way to understand tithing, the right way to understand giving, the right way to understand how you can be a good steward is this way. Give your heart to God first. Give your heart to God first. And when you're filled with the things of God, you will, autom you will automatically have that willingness to give to God. And when you have that willingness to give to God because of what God sees and because of what because of what you've done and because of what God has seen you do. He says, test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven to pour, out, to pour out blessing upon blessing over you and over your life, over your family, and over everything that is entrusted to you. You know, I want to bring this to a close. I still have quite a few things to say, but I want to bring this to a close. You know, many a times we wait for things to be perfect in life for us to give. But God tells us we cannot wait till everything is perfect in our financial lives before we begin to tithe. We cannot wait. You know, God is a God of now. You know, the Bible says he makes all things beautiful just in time. No one keeps time the way God keeps time. No one is perfect at time the way God keeps time. And many of us have a desire, many of us have a desire to give. But I'm confident, and I can say this confidently, that there's no person over here who does not have something to give. There's no person over here who does not have something to give. You know, tithing is just one aspect. Tithing is just one aspect. You know, when you have an open heart, when you're filled with the things of God and you have an open heart that leads you to have an open hand, that leads God to open up the heaven for you, it's so much bigger than what you think. Tithing is just one aspect. I know that the series is on tithing and the series is on money, but when you are filled with the things of God, wherever you go, you give out the things of God. God requires your time. He desires your time. There are people over here right now who desire to have someone give them a call. Someone might be going through something difficult right now. They're looking. They're not, they don't have to look outside of this hall. The answer, obviously, is God. But the person through who God wants to answer that is right here in this hall. Is right here in this hall. The answer to someone's 
problem, the answer through to what someone is going through is right here in this hall. We don't need to look anywhere outside. We have what it takes right over here. And when you have that open heart, you will have that hope. You will, you will automatically have that open hand. What can I do to help you? I want to journey with you through this season. I know you've been having a really bad time. You haven't been speaking to anyone about it. But I just sense that things haven't been going well for you. Things haven't been going well. Things have not been the best right now. Let us come together and join in prayer and declare the goodness of God and allow the open heaven to come to pass. Allow the kingdom of God to touch your situation on earth as it is in heaven. There's so much that we can do. There's so much that we can do. You know, like my friend says, the Bible is so simple you need help to misunderstand it. The Bible is so simple, you need help to misunderstand it. You know, the Bible is as simple as it can get. You know, and I don't like to complicate things. I like to keep it simple. The Word of God is simple. The instructions of God are simple. All that God desires us is to do those things. Is to do those things. And so today in closing, I just want to, you know, I just want to ask you to make a commitment to be a faith, to, I just want to ask you to make a commitment to be faithful in your stewardship to God. You know, you are not, you're not just robbing God when you fail to tithe. You are robbing yourselves. You know, tithing is not for God. It's not so much for God. It's not what God wants. Uh, it's not what God wants from you. It's what God wants for you. It's what God wants for you. You know, he wants to open up the windows of heaven. He wants you to receive every blessing that he has for you. But very often it's us who stop those blessings. And today I just want you to make a commitment that I'm going to be faithful in my stewardship to God. I just want you to make that. I mean, you don't have to put up your hand or anything but I just want you to make that commitment under your breath that God, I know I haven't been doing it as, as, as well as I should, but today, God, I come to you. We all come to you, God. And we just want to ask, we just ask for your help that we will be faithful in, 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 in looking after what you've entrusted to us. We will be faithful stewards, God. We'll be faithful stewards of looking after what you've given us well understanding that what we have is not our own, it does not belong to us, but it comes from you. And so, God, we ask, Lord, that we would look after what you've given us well. We would have an open heart that would enable our hands to open and ultimately that you would open up the heavens for us. I just pray, Father God, that in this place, we would look out for people who we need to reach out to, who need help, who are struggling, and we would be all that you want us to be to them. And so God, in your house, in this family, I want to serve well. I want to love well, and I want to serve well. We want to love you, and we want to love your people, and we want to serve you, and we want to serve your people, and we want to do it well. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen, amen, amen.